What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. As always, thank you for tuning in. This is a New Year's Eve special, so you're going to have to excuse me if you hear a bunch of fireworks in the background. My freaking neighborhood loves fireworks, dude. These people, they love it, and I love it too. These people will be launching off fireworks for a week before and a week after. Fourth of July and New Year's Eve. Hell, sometimes you just you just hear fireworks in the background throughout the entire year. I think it's great. Um, you know what it reminds me of, and it does on Fourth of July too at nighttime when you hear fireworks in the distance and you just listen. It really does. It, I mean, I don't know about you, but it does me. It reminds me of what it may have been like back during, say, the Revolutionary War. Or the Civil War where there's muskets firing off in the background, cannons going off. And it really, it, every time I hear it in, in the distance, those those explosions in the distance, that's what it reminds me of. Um, it just makes me extremely grateful for the things that we do have in a point in time in human history where it has never been better for human beings, ever. And us as Americans especially, we live in the greatest country in human history, and in some cases, almost too good. We have it so good, we actually have to create problems to argue about. But we live in an amazing time to be alive, even though it doesn't seem like that way sometimes with how crazy and insane and in some cases depressing it is around the country. Just know that we are living in the best days humanity has ever seen. Um, the country is, it's on the wrong path. And, but that doesn't mean we can't get back on the path. And we certainly can. And it is the American people that will do it. Um, we've always had the power in this country and we will continue to have the power in this country. The American people are not dumb. We are very smart. It was the great Winston Churchill that once said one of the greatest things that he admires about the United States of America is how every time the United States is on the precipice of collapse, when it's teetering on the edge, the American people always manage to find a way to pull it back over. And that's certainly the case now. So do not fret. We are going to be okay, ladies and gentlemen. But I didn't want to I didn't want to talk too much about politics right now. I actually wanted to talk about since this is a New Year's Eve special, I wanted to talk about New Year's Eve and the history of New Year's Eve. It's actually quite interesting and it goes back a long, long way. And so I was digging in and doing some research on this. Um and I got a couple articles, one in particular from history.com, and it's New Year's Eve, and it's the history of New Year's. So civilizations around the world have been celebrating the start of each new year for at least four millennia. Today, most New Year's festives begin on December 31st, New Year's Eve, the last day of the Gregorian calendar, and continue into the early hours of January 1st, New Year's Day. Common traditions include attending parties, eating special New Year's foods, making resolutions for the new year, and most of all, watching firework displays. So the earliest recorded festivities in honor of a New Year's arrival date dates back to some 4,000 years to ancient Babylon. For the Babylonians, the first new moon following the vernal equinox, the day in late March with an equal amount of sunlight and darkness, heralded the start of a new year. They marked the occasion with a massive religious festival called Akitu, derived from the Sumerian word for barley, which was cut in the spring. 
that involved a different ritual on each of its 11 days. In addition to the new year, a tiku, I think that's what it's called, atiku, a tiku, it's A-T-I-K-U. So atiku or a tiku, a tiku celebrated the mythical victory of the Babylonian sky god Marduk over the evil sea goddess Tiamat and served as an important political purpose. It was during this time that a new king was crowned or the current ruler's divine mandate was symbolically renewed. So almost like their elections, except... The people either decided to keep the person as king or they decided to change the king. I don't know what type of elections they had. I'm not really sure. That's actually pretty interesting. But the 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 divine mandate was symbolically renewed or the um, or a new leader was crowned. That's actually pretty cool. So did you know in order to realign the Roman calendar with the sun, Julius Caesar had to add 90 extra days to the year 46 BC when he introduced his new Julian calendar. So throughout antiquity, civilizations around the world developed increasingly sophisticated calendars, typically pinning the first day of the year to an agricultural or astronomical event. In Egypt, for instance, the year began with the annual flooding of the Nile, which coincided with the rising of the star Sirius, the first day of the Lunar New Year. Pretty cool. So January 1 becomes New Year's Day. So the early Roman calendar consisted of 10 months and 304 days. Very, very different than what we have now. So with each new year beginning at the vernal equinox, according to tradition, it was created by Romulus, the founder of Rome in the 8th century BC. A later king, Numa Pompilius, is credited with adding the months of Januarius and Februarius. That's weird. <laughs> Over the centuries, the calendar fell out of sync with the sun, and in 46 BC, Julius Caesar decided to solve the problem by consulting with the most prominent astronomers and mathematicians of his time. He introduced the Julian calendar, which closely resembles the more modern Gregorian calendar the most countries around the world use today. As part of his reform, Caesar instituted January 1st as the first day of the year, partly to honor the month's namesake. Janus, the Roman god of beginnings, whose two faces allowed him to look back into the past and forward into the future. Romans celebrated by offering sacrifices to Janus, exchanging gifts with one another, decorating their homes with laurel branches and attending righteous parties. Man, could you imagine what some of their parties looked like? <laughs> I bet it was insane, man. There, Listen, ancient Rome... Uh, is, you know, if I were to have a time machine and go back, I would probably go to ancient Rome because not only would I want to see Rome, but I would want to see ancient Egypt as well. Egypt has been like my, my, I don't know, my bucket list place to go. I definitely want to go to Egypt, but not with all this crazy war stuff happening. One day, one day I'll go. So in medieval Europe, Christian leaders temporarily replaced January 1st at the first of the year with days carrying more religious significance, such as December 25th, the birth of Jesus, and March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. Pope Gregory VII established January 1st as New Year's Day in 1582. So New Year's traditions and celebrations around the world, I think we probably already know what all this is. Um, most countries, they they do fireworks. You could turn on the TV right now. Um, I'm As I'm recording this, it's 1136, and I have all the different countries lighting off their fireworks from Hong Kong to New Zealand. Um, it's actually pretty cool. So most countries celebrate with fireworks. 
in the United States, the most iconic New Year's tradition is dropping, uh, is dropping the giant ball in New York City's Times Square at the stroke of midnight. Millions of people around the world watch the event, which has taken place almost every year since 1907. So over time, the ball itself has ballooned from a 700-pound iron and wood orb to a brightly patterned sphere 12 feet in diameter and weighing, and weighing in nearly at 12,000 pounds. That's insane. So various towns and cities across America have developed their own versions of the Times Square ritual, organizing public drops of items ranging from pickles in Dillisburg, Pennsylvania, to possums in Tallapoosa, Georgia, at midnight on New Year's Eve. Wait a minute, they drop possums? <laughs> That's weird, man. They drop possums? What, like from what, a building? Like, what are they... What? <laughs> Man, dude, there is so wild places out there in our country, folks. We got some wild traditions, and I think it's great. You know, you don't have to go far to see some really weird stuff. You just have to go to Georgia and watch them throw possums, uh, drop possums for New Year's. That's pretty, actually pretty interesting. Um, wow. Uh, you know, it's... I don't know, man. You know, my mom actually, she used to go to Times Square because she was, she grew up in New York when she was younger. Uh, she used to go to Times Square. She tells us the stories about it all the time. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in Times Square. To me, I have no desire to go. I'm claustrophobic. So me going to Times Square, being elbow to elbow with people, I wouldn't be able to do it. Because um, you look at the, you look at the videos and people are crammed in there like sardines man and she said you'll be standing there for hours so if you have to go to the bathroom good luck i i don't know what these people do to go to the bathroom who knows but she says if you want to get a spot inside times square you you're there all day uh that to me is insane and i'm sure they probably they probably have it a little bit organized now but you even now you could see them they're shoulder to shoulder it's i couldn't do it there's no way however I do have to say it would be it would be maybe a bucket list item to do just to say that I went to Times Square and watched the ball drop. Uh, I can only imagine what the parties look like there. I'm sure it's pretty wild. So anyways, um, yeah, so I just wanted to get on here and give a little piece of history of of New Year's Eve. And I'm actually getting ready to watch the ball drop myself in about 20 minutes. Um, but there is one more thing that I wanted to do. And there's the music right on cue. Um, I guess that means I'm gonna have to just go ahead and uh, start out. To, I'm gonna have to go on. I guess that just means I'm gonna have to end the show. Um, it's gonna be a short one. I just wanted to get on here and and just give thanks. Um, so with that said, I want to end the final show of the year off with gratitude. One of the most important characteristics. Um, that I think creates a, that creates good people. I think people that have gratitude, people that are thankful for things, are are usually pretty happy people. And they usually they usually lead, they usually live pretty happy lives. So to me, having gratitude, gratitude is one of the most important characteristics and attributes somebody can have. Um, that's just my personal opinion, and I think that's one of the big things that's lacking in society today. It's just people aren't thankful for what we have. And it most of all, it comes from the left. Um, so I want to thank my wife, Carla, for her support in everything. Um, 
for her support and all my wild ideas that I have all the time and for being supportive. Most of all, for being supportive of this podcast. It takes, it takes a lot of my time, this podcast does, um, but she knows it's something I really care about. And, and she happens to be my, one of my biggest fans. <laughs> so she, I just want to thank her. She's been really, she's been extremely supportive of me, um, this year for this podcast. And so I just want to thank her for that. I am deeply gracious for her support. And I want to thank my friends and family. And most of all, I want to thank you, my loyal listeners and friends. We share a common mindset. And honestly, without you, there would be no show. And so I just want to thank you for supporting the show every single day. I, I know you, there's, there's thousands of different podcasts you could choose to listen to. And you choose to listen to me. Uh, rambling on about events happening all around us. And I and, and honestly, and, and I don't see you as just an audience. Most of you that listen to every episode, I consider you friends. We, we, we have a common mindset. Um, obviously, if you listen to the show, we, we do share a lot of... We, I'm sure we share a lot more in common than we don't. Um, so I do consider you friends. We share a passion for this country... And I'm sure most of you would agree that this is the greatest country in human history. So again, thank you to all that are listening right now. And I hope you have an amazing new year. And the good thing is about New Year's is it gives you a chance to reset, make some changes, and then start the new year off on the right path. So God bless everybody. May your new year bring you peace and joy. And God bless America. And so it's time to say goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024. So without further ado, I got some fireworks to watch and a ball to drop. So I will talk to you guys. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I will be releasing a full episode. So make sure you tune in. And once again, thank you guys. Thank you to all my listeners. Um, God bless you and God bless America. You guys have a good time tonight. Happy New Year's.